Dashing Thieves, High Stake Heist, and the most mismatched crew in all of anime. We had Casey watch Lupin the Third, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host producer, Weeb of All Trades, and hardened inspector with handcuffed superpowers, PJ. And me, your winking Jesus statue that's as large as this city, Skylar. And with us as always is our brand new Interpol agent. Unsure who this Lupin guy is, but he did just meet a very nice guy walking into an art museum on his way in today, Casey. And I'm the defense against the dark arts teacher who got fired after one year of teaching because it's a private Christian academy that found out I was gay. Casey. I don't know what the connection was this time. Lupin? Well, like, you know, Remus Lupin the third. Lupin from... okay. Haven't you seen that turf creation, Harry Potter and the uh, Order of Turfs or whatever that movie was? Speaking of Lupin the Turf, Lupin nope. the Turf. <laughs> <laughs> we That's are good. watching Lupin the Third today. We are watching specifically Lupin the Third Part Two. Why Part Two? Because it's far more indicative of what the series is, as well as what the series becomes, uh, at least more so than Part One. But we'll get into that a little more later. But yeah, I have a somewhat long history with this anime. I definitely watched it a little bit growing up because I feel like that's all I've been saying classics month is like I watched it in Spanish at one point as a child. <laughs> but mm. obviously once it started airing in America a little later in li- in my life and in a lot of people's lives, it was a very big cultural staple, but I'm excited to talk about it. Casey, based on the name alone, Lupin the Third, what did you think this anime was going to be about when we told you to watch it? Obviously, I want to say this is related to Harry Potter, but I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to say this is about a monarchy where Lupin the First and Second died unexpectedly, so King Lupin the Third is made king at a young age. It's kind of like Princess Diaries meets The Sword in the Stone meets King Tut in real life. <laughs> king Tut? I love that. Can I, can I say? I like that your, your answer to my question was like, I'm going to go against the grain and actually answer your question for once. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna, keep you on I'm your gonna toes. mix it up and do what you've been asking me to do this entire podcast. So, <laughs> I, I can help it. PJ. I read that Sarah Palin book about going rogue, and I've been going rogue most of this podcast. Now I've decided to <laughs> be a little more pragmatic. I was gonna say now you're going rogue against your instincts. It's because he reread it and he has to go rogue against going rogue. I was gonna dye my hair with a white streak down the middle and be rogue from the X Men. <laughs> Ooh, love it. That is actually a very interesting concept for an anime that you just pitched. But I imagine that once you saw the poster, you figured that that might not be exactly what this anime is about. I was upset So once to you see saw that. the poster, what did you think it was going to be about now? Well, upset that I was likely to be wrong. <laughs> Unless, you know, it's just a very humble monarchy. <laughs> the poster looks like <laughs> Inspector Gadget meets Scarface. Ooh. So, which is a heck of a concept and by the way speaking of inspector gadget speak uh shout out to rose falcon who did that song up 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 because man what a song up, up, up. Oh, casey this up, is a mild up, spoiler up. alert inspector gadget comes up later in this episode <gasps> what i can't believe it that actually sounds forced but it's not so it's obviously a mystery anime but it's somehow involving the yakuza so this might be Yakuza the anime. I couldn't remember, by the way, when I was like thinking, I was trying to tell you guys what, like this is Yakuza the anime. And I remember asking my boyfriend, I'm like, what's the name of that Japanese like gangster mobster thing? And I asked my boyfriend this and he goes, do you mean the crazy 88s? And I'm like, no, I meant the Yakuza. That's from Kill Bill. <laughs> Wrong again. <laughs> right. Which I mean, the crazy 88s, I think are technically a subset of the Yakuza. I mean, yeah. Who's, I mean, who's to know? the Yakuza, yeah. There's like different sects, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, how there's like different families in the mafia. Because mm. the Yakuza is essentially just Japanese mafia. Fun fact, the Yakuza and the and Yahtzee, different things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very I different. used to get those confused. Good job, Casey. <laughs> Yahtzee's coming after me. <laughs> I'm scared. Oh my god. Yahtzee's just a, a Nazi who's a really big fan of Kanye West. Oh my god. Shut up. Do you remember when uh, Demi Moore yelled Yahtzee in a bikini in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle? Because I do. Uh, no, I don't. Look it up, everyone. Comment below. I've not seen Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. <gasps> oh, PJ, it's time. Casey, you haven't seen School of Rock, so. Oh, but this. This movie is about feminism. What did School of Rock do? Show identity theft? Damn. Casey with a real hot take today. Like, wow. Well, speaking of identities, <laughs> why don't you tell me what you think the identities of each of the characters on these posters are? Again, CEO of Segways over here. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell me about the character in the back holding handcuffs? So obviously this is the reason why I thought it was Inspector Gadget, because I think he full on looks like a less attractive Inspector Gadget. And, uh, and do you think Inspector Gadget's attractive? I think he's more <laughs> attractive than this guy. That, at least Inspector Gadget had gadgets. This guy's got one pair of handcuffs. And uh, based on the fact that he's running after these people up front, he's obviously not a very good good Inspector Gadget. He's like messed up like crappy one. Oh my gosh. And brown is not his color. There, I said it. I'm bold. You're so lucky that I don't interject on these. I'm mad at you. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The Inspector Gadget gang's going to come after you. I don't know what the Inspector Gadget fans are called, but okay. they're going to back me up here. Comment below. Do you like Inspector Gadget? Gadget head. Thank you, Skylar. The gadget heads are going to back me up. Not to be confused with fans of the 70s TV show Gidget, who are gadget heads. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the character in the Hakama. Yes, because I totally know what that is. Oh, I thought you you were doing camera things. I know what the I know what the person on the on clockwise I know clockwise now so <laughs> I know it's the the guy Proud in the white <laughs> I'm guessing um, based on traditional American stereotypes that he does some sort of like self defense art like karate or something like that maybe he's like the master at you know the local city like karate gym where he has to teach like fourth graders how to do hip throws and like that hair it's pretty fabulous it is pretty fabulous I think he drives a cool. Sp- like sports car because like guys in the 80s had really cool like hair like that that's why he has to work at that local self-defense karate gym thing (laughs) to afford the cool sports car yeah he couldn't afford it he had to take out a line of credit tell me about this brunette woman okay so um like her i get the vibe i don't know what it is I, I don't know what it is. I feel like she's somehow going to be evil. Just the way she's... Look at the way she's looking back. Like, it looks very seductive. Like, almost Casey, dangerous. what color is her hair? It's not purple. I know. I know. That's why it's a bold take. That someone who didn't have purple hair could be possibly evil, too. <laughs> I feel like she's actually secretly, like, the toughest one out of all five of these guys. Or four of these guys. But also that she's secretly evil. I don't know. The way she, her facial expression is makes you think she's like up to no good then why don't you tell me about this man in the red suit we need to have a talk about this you guys he i'm trying to say this respectfully without being canceled are you about to i know what you're about to say you're canceled what do you think i'm gonna say you're gonna say he looks like a monkey i was going to say actually that he looks like a certain unnamed cartoon animal that throws barrels (laughs) canceled I will give you an uncancel button. I think that's on purpose. I think he's supposed to have a look of like Machine. fun, whimsical mischief. mischief. 
and mm. I think that is partially on purpose. Like as uh, I, I like I don't know. It's a it's a that's that. I just can't say anything without being canceled. <laughs> I panicked. Uh, then let's move on <laughs> to this man with the long hair and the chin strap beard. Okay, so this guy I like. I would go to drinks with him. He looks like like a child, like my familiar, like one of my like first friends I would have met like in school, and I would like. Like, I would not be a, like, not like a straight guy I would fall in love with, but he'd be like the first straight guy that I want to be my friend. And I, we would go have drinks and like, like, actually, I would pretend to be into sports just so he would be my friend. I like this guy. So this old man would be your first childhood friend. Oh, well. I think he just means like the vibes guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, it's the vibe. I mean, not, not, yeah, not like he himself. I, I think I had too much stranger danger knowledge, you know, and paranoia from my mom to like not want to be friends with an old man. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Well, Skylar's judgment aside, I think uh, at least half of those are very solid and pretty accurate predictions. Mm -hmm. Mm. But we'll see more, obviously, as we have you watch episodes one and two of the anime. So why don't we take a break? We'll watch episodes one and two. We'll see how accurate your predictions are. And we'll be right back after we watch those episodes. We encourage you to watch those episodes with us, but we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, we're back and we had Casey watch episodes one and two of Loop in the Third Part Two. Casey, what did you think? Okay, this is because of my limited experience with anime, but it's like, this is almost too good to be an animation. Does that make any sense? Wow. I mean, that's offensive, but yes. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I truly don't mean to be disrespectful. I just hey, think I've never podcast seen... podcast aimed at anime fans, your medium sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, no, that's why I have to like say like, it's, I have not seen something as like on this level of sophistication i guess for <laughs> for for the, i don't know that's just the my opinion award-winning like, art of demon slayer like no sophistication no. comes close to lupin the third i think i know what you're saying though i think because correct me if i'm kind of speaking out of turn here but so far what you've seen in anime kind of has been anime stories right right it's been like people killing demons and even something like neon genesis which is so breathtaking and serious and you did also kind of have a similar comment even that's like you know these weird biomechs fighting angel aliens but this is like an epic crime thriller but like super funny at the same time like it's like watching like an oceans movie or that something. is exactly what i wrote Which you aren't used to an anime right? It, right you're used to these big larger than life stories and this is maybe the first time you're like well this is just like something i would put on on tnt or something if i was if this is like the thing i would watch if there was nothing else on and i went to tnt to watch an oceans 11 movie or oceans 12 exactly. or whatever no yeah when you said oh that is literally what i wrote down i was like this is like oceans you know insert here the movie you know like it's truly that and that that is exactly what i mean pj like there is like a maturity and it feels like it feels like the audience this is aimed at is much like obviously not a child you know there's nothing like it's a crime thriller like i said you took the words right out of my mouth like it's obviously super funny right like it's clearly like still aimed at being like a fun anime right but like it never shies away from like darkness and seriousness even in those moments of funniness yeah i think a lot of what casey likes about it too is it's pretty episodic like it really seems you could jump in and there's not like a strong plot you have to follow and you could kind of just like go to whatever episode so if there was like a marathon on like it didn't 
matter what time that you know you turn the tv in on i think it is like it was very enjoyable because this is also your first time watching it right sky it's my first time really paying attention to it because it used to be on adult swim all the time so like i would watch it like while i was waiting for like other anime inuyasha to come on yeah yeah. and then so i wasn't really paying attention it was just some weird old anime and literally it was just like i think i was too young to appreciate like i had such an amazing time i was laughing so hard it was great and i think it it is kind of closer to a like an american cartoon medium yeah before we get too into that but let me throw in with some housekeeping and i just want to warn you guys this is going to be quite the housekeeping session because this anime has a long history and anyone that knows it knows that even the like 10 minutes I'm about to talk for is an abridged version of that history. So uh, go to the concession stand now, get your peanuts. Can you get peanuts at the concession stand? Yeah, you can. I don't think that's true. I worked at a movie theater. All right. So Lupin the Third has a long, long history, but it's one worth discussing. The original Lupin the Third manga was written by the mangaka Monkey Punch. He obviously has a real name, but he prefers to go by Monkey Punch when he's writing anime, so that is what we will refer to him as. It was published in Weekly Manga Action from 1967 to 1969. The second series of manga was published later on from 1977 to 1981, also done by Monkey Punch, known as Lupin the Third, World's Most Wanted. Lupin is based on and is a descendant of Arsene Lupin, the gentleman thief created by French writer Maurice Leblanc in 1905 along with a little bit of James Bond thrown in. Since 1997, many manga series have been created by several artists for Lupin III, so many, in fact, that in 2004, Futabasha launched Lupin III Official Magazine, a quarterly publication of Lupin III manga by various authors. So, really quick fun fact, uh, the gentleman, um, Robert, uh, PJ helped me write a speech for my speech class on him. Oh, I don't know that guy's name. Do you remember that guy's name? Not off the top of my head. I would have to look it up. Maurice LeBlanc makes me think of Matt LeBlanc from Friends. Continue. (laughs) It was Matt LeBlanc's great-great-grandfather, Maurice LeBlanc. (laughs) Who also played Joey in the Joey (laughs) spinoff. Yes. Uh, The original manga run was a lot more crime-focused. It was a lot less fun and, and way more intense than what the series would eventually come to be. The first series of the anime eventually known as Lupin the Third Part 1, aired from October 1971 to March 1972 and matched that manga much more tonally and was notably co-directed by Hayao Miyazaki very early on in his career. Mm. Where Lupin the Third really gained staying power, though, was with Part 2, which is the series that we watched, and it ran from October 1977 to October 6, 1980. It aired 155 episodes, though most Americans would likely not come to know it for some time, since it didn't receive a major American distribution until it aired on Adult Swim starting in 2003. The series had many directors, though its most notable was Nobuto Ishiguro, and Miyazaki even jumped in on two episodes under a pseudonym. How fun! Yeah, wow. it was produced by NTV and TMS for Nippon TV. The series worked to carry over some of the better parts of Part 1 and make Lupin a little more lively and, while still a criminal, have a lot of heart. Mm. It really humanized him a lot more and made it something where it was just this criminal who was kind of selfish and careless to this guy who had a group, like a gang that he cared about and was, you know, a lot more personable. And I think that's where the series really kind of came into its own. Ooh, so 
the gentleman thief is a reference to Claude Duvall. It's he's based on Maurice LeBlanc's character, Arsene Lupin, which was inspired by Claude Duvall, who's the gentleman highwayman. Do you know that for a fact? Yes. Fact checkers, get in the comments. To be clear, these are fun fact checkers. <laughs> fun fact checkers, get in the comments. This series was originally going to be followed up by Lupin the Eighth which was going to be a story set in the future starring the main character's descendants as actually now detectives and was going to be done in tandem with a French animation company, which we would know as Deke, which we all saw at some point growing up because Deke ended up becoming a very big uh, name in the Saturday morning cartoon game later on. However, it was canceled due to the estate of Maurice LeBlanc wanting a large portion of money for the name rights for Arsene Lupin, because Monkey Punch never got the rights to the name in the first place. Rather, he just used the name of Arsene Lupin since Japan's trade and copyright laws allowed it at the time. They had finished a full pilot and people really enjoyed it, but obviously with the money needed to go into it, they kind of just scrapped the idea. However, Deke still kind of really loved the idea of this futuristic detective, so Deke took the production team and set them to work on another futuristic detective story, and so Inspector Gadget was born. I a surprising knew it. footnote in the Loop in the Third history. Without Loop in the Third, there would be no Inspector Gadget. I mean, at least we can all agree that Inspector Gadget is the improved version. Ah, get out of here. Inspector Gadget. So I told you, he would come back around and it. <laughs> Yeah, with his his helicopter from his hat. Yep. <laughs> Lupin the Third Part Three aired from March 1984 to November 1985 for 50 episodes and was a bit of a hodgepodge. It had many different studios and many different directors involved from episode to episode, and it was a little inconsistent, but it was still fun. The next series didn't begin airing until April 2012, when the more serious anime series called The Woman Called Fujiko Mine aired on NTV for 13 episodes. It was a series starring Fujiko, the female lead, as the main character as she met and began to work with the gang. The series is more neo-noir and is way darker and more sexual, but it is very amazing. And it was directed by Sayo Yamamoto, who went on to direct Yuri on Ice. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Did they have anything to do with that really amazing theme song? (laughs) No. Well, the next series was part four, The Italian Adventure, which took the series back to its part two roots, and it ran from August to November 2015, with 26 episodes and was a return to the more fun Lupin while modernizing him and telling a more serialized story. So rather than being episodic, it was one full 26 episode arc. And finally, part five aired from April to September in 2018 and continued the series from part four without major tonal deviation. A notable mention here too is the live action Inspector Zedigata series done by Wow Wow and Hulu. <laughs> I know you like that. That ran for nine episodes in 2017. Now that's just the anime series that Louvre the Third has had. For the rest, there are five OVAs, 27 TV specials, and 13 movies. 525,600 Lupins. <laughs> this segment has gone on more than long enough, but I do want to touch on a few of the movies. OVAs and TV specials be damned. The first is the 1974 live-action Loop on the Third Strange Psychokinetic Strategy, which is a wild 70s Bond-esque romp. It is just like, if you watch the trailer, it is full-on like that 70s disco psychedelic vibe of a movie. It's very wild. Hmm. The 1979 anime film The Castle of Cagliostro is notable for being directed by the returning Hayao Miyazaki a few years before he would go on to find Studio Ghibli. God, I love him. He's great. The 2013 film Loop on the Third versus Detective Conan... (gasps) 
which was a crossover film, I know, right, with the equally iconic anime series Case Closed, which, Casey, we will definitely get to at some point because it is one of my all-time favorite animes. And But it's, it's very going. notable because it is, like, also still ongoing. It is a crossover of just two huge animes, which honestly doesn't happen that much in the anime space. But that is very notable. It, it was a very big hit when it came out. Then we had the 2014 live-action film Lupin the Third, which was Lupin's return to live-action following psychokinetic strategy and is a modernized origin story for the gang. Finally, we have the most recent film, the CGI-animated Lupin the Third, the First, which released in 2019 by director Takahashi Yamakazi, who has been doing some amazing work in the 3D CG space in Japan, with other works like Stand By Me Doraemon, which is another anime 3D CG film. With uh, River Phoenix, right? Okay. <laughs> and that's, again, not even talking about the five OVAs or the 27 TV specials. But realistically, Lupin the Third has always existed in one form or another in Japanese media. There's almost no five-year gap you can go without there being a new Lupin the Third thing since the seven, like, you know, since the late 70s, early 80s. There's always been Lupin the Third in Japan. It is one of the biggest, like, entities out there. And with numerous manga, six animated television series, 11 theatrical release animated films, two live-action films, five OVA works, 27 animated specials, not even talking about the musicals that have been made about it, the CDs that have been made for it, and the video games that have been made for it, Lupin III has had a continuing presence in Japanese media for almost 55 years. Wow, that's amazing, honestly. What was longer? Lupin the third, which I cannot decide if it's Lupin or Lupin. Lupin, like from Harry Potter, is at Lupin, like Grey Poupon. I would say it however you want to say it. I was going to say they're missing out on an opportunity for them to do a Grey Poupon commercial. When was Grey Poupon, like, established? 1843. I don't know. No, I don't know. That sounds right. Um, <laughs> Grey Poupon. How crazy would be if you were right, though? They should Damn. send us unlimited amounts of Grey Poupon so I don't have to visit the ghost town of Dijon, France. Dijon, France doesn't exist. Uh, pass it along. <laughs> so with that abridged history lesson out of the way, let's talk about the anime itself. Episode 1 introduces us to the gang, Lupin, Jigen, Fujiko, and Goemon, as well as their foil, Inspector Zenigata, as they are lured to a trap by a villain from Series 1, Mr. X, which leads to a high-stakes battle followed by the deaths of hundreds, but the safe escape of our main cast. Episode 2 features our gang attempting to rob the box office for a huge soccer game in Brazil. With Senegata on the case, they manage to pull off a huge heist, and they're almost caught before a sentient Jesus statue saves them and distributes wealth to the poor. And that's Lupin the Third, boys. <laughs> what year did you say about the gray Poupon thing? 1843. Ugh, so close. It's 1866. That's pretty good. Like, real talk, they should. I should get a free jar out of this, at least. Like Just one jar. I mean, like just one, one of those jar. tiny jars. Yeah, like, I'll take a complimentary jar, and I will advertise for Grey But Poupon. you have to pay for the shipping. Uh, I'll pay for the shipping, but Grey Poupon, hit us up. We'd like to do a collab with you. It uh, comes from you Dijon, know, Grey France. Poupon, so... that famous company. Ooh. Yes, Dijon, France, which, once again, does not does exist. Not exist. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying, if you think, why are they saying that? You go to Dijon, France, and you tell me it doesn't feel like a town that as soon as you leave it, someone's not going to be like, Dijon, France? Dijon, France has been dead for 40 years. Half our listeners for are reals. from Dijon, France, so we just like lose a majority of our followers. I have the statistics on our listener location. He's got the analytics, None of them are from people. France. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Some of you are in Germany, and I recommend 
You take a day trip down to Dijon, France, if you're close enough to the border, and you tell me I'm not right. Yeah. <laughs> God, the place that we stayed in in Dijon, France, remember we got off the elevator, and the hall was just all dark. Like, there were no lights on. It was pitch black. And then as soon as we got to our room, it was like literally the first night, our whole trip, where all of us had fucking nightmares and just kept assuming the whole place was haunted. Yeah, I thought we were going to die oh, This is also Casey's first time experience my night talking because I talk in my sleep. Oh, and he gets so scared, you guys. He will scream. I will shoot up in bed and scream and be like, who are you? Why are you here? What a great combo. (laughs) No, today, because PJ had to take a nap because he was editing all night. And I came in Mm. to grab like markers and he shot up in bed. He went, ah, and I was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, come here. And I was like, okay. So I walked like up to him. He's like, I knew it wasn't you. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. I knew it wasn't you. I was like, do you want me to touch you to see like that I'm real? He's like, no, get out of here, you faker. I was just like, oh. Wow. He's possessed. Can you imagine being no, in a room with possessed. a possessed she's person a in a ghost town? She's a she's doppelganger of oh Skylar. Oh my God. How am I the possessed one here? I'm the only one that sees the truth. Sleepy PJ has like the most distrust in Skylar, in me. Well, welcome to <laughs> Night Terrors, the podcast. Honestly, that sounds like a great podcast name. It probably exists. I think someone's already got it. That's too good of a name to not have that. <laughs> can, okay, speaking of Night Terrors, can we just talk about like how traumatic these events all would be for people in just these two episodes? Like Straight up in the first episode, hundreds of people so died. So many people died. So many people. Like It's kind of like... You know, like, it's just kind of like, wow, this, like, fun yacht heist situation. And then by the end, you're like, oh, everyone but the main characters is dead. Yep. It's like Ghost Ship. Do you remember Ghost Ship? Of course I do. I remember that scene where that, yep. like, wire... C- yep. I knew you were going to bring me. that up. It traumatized me I as bet. a kid. It was very I'm Final Destination 2 with the barbed wire. Very uh, Resident Evil with that horse. No, wait. That's the oh, cell, right? Oh, my God. Yes, that is the cell. You guys want to know another Skylar trauma story? <laughs> everyone's like i guess (laughs) (laughs) like everyone's like could we just talk about the podcast the anime so i was watching final destination (laughs) 2 for the first time with my brother and the barbed wire scene happened and i closed my eyes and he was like oh skylar nothing happened look at the screen and i looked at it and it was the guy and he was like oh like i'm fine but then he just fucking slides apart rude rude yeah rude Rude. The thing I was confused about was with in Resident Evil, the like grid wall. I don't know if you remember that in Resident Evil where they're all walking and it's like the lasers and they kind of like it goes past them and they're all like, what? And then they all like cube into like tiny pieces. I remember that too. Jesus Christ. I remember that too. And all of those, less of a body count than the first episode of Loop on the Third. I was going (laughs) to say, oh my God, everyone died and it's like, eat the rich, but come on. Right. Exactly. But I mean, like to talk about what actually happens a little bit like i do so obviously like i i feel like it doesn't always fully come across because everyone's like so kind of slapdash and funny but the essential kind of guideline is that lupin and his gang are the best criminals in the world like lupin is the most wanted criminal in the world and zenigata is the best investigator in the world he's just slightly less smart than lupin so he looks like an idiot comparatively but like zenigata is interpol's best agent and he is on the lupin the third case and lupin is the best thief in the world and his gang supports him i would just like Mm. to say like 
the murder started happening so fast in the episode. So oh, yeah. Fast. Mr. X straight up is just killing people left and right, trying to kill Lupin and the gang. And then it got not it, too. a cutie, by the way. Ugh. No. Oh, my God. The the dental chair scene <gasps> with the rattle, with the snake. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally like that. If I had seen that as a child, I was like, I would have like never gone to the dentist again. And it sucks because like they killed the snake, but that guy still died. Yeah. Can I also say though, like I how like everything kind of makes sense, like the plans that he has. But how was he going to know that Jigen was going to have a toothache? And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make sure Jigen has a toothache and I'm going to install a dentist room on board the ship <laughs> to kill him with a snake. I think he's Wait, just like overprepared and they just were watching them the whole time. Because that's technically true because also like how did he know that uh, Fujiko was going to go diving? How did he know that uh, Goemon was going to want a massage? Like technically that they were so all kind like, of out Fujiko there. So with like Fujiko and the sharks like the sharks weren't released into the pool. They were just there the whole time. They were always in so the pool. So we don't actually know how how many people those sharks ate have died hmm. that is a real ghost ship i mean for real that is actually true skylar's right about that on that shark note did you guys also think like growing up that like every pool had sharks no but you know what i did think casey i always thought of the the water zombie from are you afraid of the dark you know the invisible that's ghost what I really that do. would drown kids in the pool oh, that's la llorona no i'm just kidding no that's not <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's not. not that's so <laughs> it's so far away oh my god casey <laughs> skylar i've never seen skylar get so offended by something like we'll say the most mean things on this podcast and Skylar out of nowhere was like wow Casey La Llorona is not that. Say, Casey you know ghost stories are like the one thing I have going for me so if you're gonna say something Whoa. a part of the supernatural I'm sorry I'll do better good <laughs> my apology the my next apology time you to come the, over uh, you're ghost. gonna get a complete ghost history lesson oh my god i will not be there for that because i'm a scaredy cat <laughs> it's ghost sensitivity training <laughs> <laughs> you know i will attend that ghost sensitivity training in dijon france where our ghost listeners listen from oh god <laughs> that shark scene i was like there was so much back and forth cut scenes with that like it's like he keeps looking back and forth and it felt like for my mind like forever. i literally was laughing so hard i was like how many cuts are we gonna do here right i was like is he gonna save her like or is he just like we're we're just going to watch her get eaten and like, oh, well, like <laughs> I was not sure how that was going to go. Uh, I love, though, that he saves her. And she's like, what the hell? I was trying to dive and pushes him into the shark infested waters. And then the shark eats the booty like groceries. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He eats the booty like groceries. And then he gets into like power bottom position. Like I was about to say, he was like face down, ass up as Fujiko was like bandaging his ass. And I was like, there's no way that she has not pegged him at say, least once in their relationship. There's definitely rule 34 of that exact concept. Fujiko is such a bad bitch that I'm positive that she pegs guys on the regular. Yeah, I completely agree i completely agree because she's like you know like the badass femme fatale that uses her like feminine wow sultry looks to like because like i love that in like the intro or like when you know when everyone's getting like their invites because they all went their separate ways after part one and the beginning of this episode is them all kind of getting their invites wherever they are and hers is like uh she's literally just sitting on the beach and all these men are trying to propose to her and she waits until they start fighting each other to take like 
the pearl necklace and engagement ring and just peace out. Well, I thought oh you, because you said intro, so I thought you meant like opening where uh, Lupin's trying to jump in the bed with her and like she just opens her leg and there's like a rocket coming out of her puss. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rocket puss. I did not mean that, but that was also great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for her spinoff already based on that <laughs> clip alone. Rocket Puss. Uh, honestly, the spinoff, again, is very good. The animation is honestly very close. Kind of not exactly, but you can really tell that it is the same director as Yuri on Ice. It's very yeah. beautiful. By the way, random like note, like I don't know if you guys caught this in the beginning. I was taken like off guard when they're like, just like the reaction was, oh my God, someone's committing suicide. And they're like, nah, someone's just making a crazy <laughs> entrance. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I love that. But they were like, oh my God, someone's committing suicide. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, nah, show off. Like, <laughs> but you know, I like also it's like the first episode is so different because it isn't them planning a heist. It's almost them kind of getting out of someone else's convoluted heist plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also just showcases how smart they are because A, obviously they all get out of the thing that tries to kill them. But like, even when we're getting to like the Mr. X fight, like the plan that Fujiko and Lupin come up with without even saying a word to each other, just kind of look at each other. That's such a smart plan. That's so true. I thought that I, I thought that was pretty amazing. It did give me like validation. I think about like, for the reputation that these are like the toughest like criminals or whatever most wanted people. Yeah. And I mean, and then episode two, I think even like further does that by a like, it is so Ocean's Eleven where it's like everything that you thought quote unquote went wrong was all part of the plan the entire time. And I mean, like if someone today somehow hijacked millions of dollars and the famous as hell Jesus statue from Rio de Janeiro, I would be like, wow, what a what a thief. <laughs> I When I saw the beginning part where they're going to steal that giant Jesus from Rio de Janeiro, I'm like, is this going to be like national treasure, some shit like happening? Like, what's happening? <laughs> where is Brazilian Nicolas Cage to rescue them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that one is, again, yeah, such a testament to like an actually good heist plan where they like pretend to be drunk and ram into it so that they can get caught, so that they can like guess everyone off their tail and again it really also shows you how smart Zenigata is because Zenigata out of every police force and everything is the only one that's like no something's wrong this isn't what's happening and he's the only one that's able to like stop them essentially yeah so good oh my gosh guys when they when they ran into the jesus i fully thought of the movie saved when mandy moore crashed into jesus after uh getting kicked out of her prom for like school. do you guys remember that Uh, i'm christ love yes oh my god i was so happy i was just kind of shocked when it happened yeah no when uh jesus was communicating with them i was just like oh okay uh, Uh, okay so they successfully pull off the heist lit but then like obviously since then it kind of got on the case early enough like they had sent in attack helicopters to try to stop them and you're like wow how are they going to get out of this one and then the jesus statue kind of just turns and knocks out the helicopters and you're like wow what a coincidence but then like as the and then out of nowhere the money starts falling out of the jesus statue and you're like why is this happening and then the jesus statue looks up at them and talks and he's like, oh, I basically like, I saved you, but like, I can't, I'm going to give this money to the poor. Wink. And then Lupin's like, oh, Jesus. It was literal divine intervention. Like, <laughs> it it's was. It's not even like implied. Like it wasn't even like, you know, because I feel like a lot of American animation could have maybe done something like that, but it would have been like, do you think that Jesus 
no, there's no way. And then the episode ends with like the Jesus <laughs> statue waking or something like off oh, camera. Oh my god. But like in the Japanese, like he literally talks to them and like moves his face. The Jesus statue from Rio de Janeiro. Crazy Jesus. You're always doing crazy stuff like that. Turning water rock into me, wine. Rock me, rock me, rock me, crazy Jesus. water, curing leopards. Crazy guy. It sounded like you said leopards. <laughs> curing all leopards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he loves a leopard print am i right <laughs> yes he's carrying all their skin oh god but i yeah i mean like it's just so interesting to watch because i agree with you casey like it's just such a different type of story uh because you know also usually when it isn't like these wild anime premises it is usually slice of life which is obviously more like hi this is my day-to-day life but this is somewhere completely different where it is like hi this is quote-unquote regular life but like it's like this you know interesting fascinating story that doesn't rely on anything supernatural or super powered or anything like that and obviously we'll get to more anime like that as we go along but this is really kind of your first exposure to that yeah totally different than anything i completely agree i I think that's almost like un like you know when something's so new and so like unexpected you're like taken off guard i feel like that's kind of what happened with this i was like anime could be this like that's weird to me yeah that's kind of the goal of this podcast, right? It's to teach you about anime. But like, I remember, oh, well, even like when we showed you The Promised Neverland, I remember you being like, wow, anime can be this. Like, because you were just like, that was the first episode where you were like, the cinematography was so breathtaking and I was so on edge that I honestly forgot it was animated for a second. And like when we were watching Neon Genesis Evangelion, you also kind of had a like, wow, I didn't know anime could be this. And I think obviously, ideally, as we're going along, you're seeing that anime is more than what maybe you thought it was. Don't judge an anime by its cover. Is not the saying. Again, it's really fun. And I just have to say, I just, when I first saw it, I was definitely not in a place to appreciate it. And it was just literally so fun. So absolutely fun. Would you fun. say that it's fun? It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. I don't know what that just was. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. I sounded like you guys were flirting out of nowhere. Oh my, Skylar, would you want to, is this, fun are you having fun having a lot of fun okay um (laughs) so i mean so something to talk about too i really obviously love the background music like the scoring in this uh anime like i think it's very like it is very like you know funky james bondy type music and it's i love that the whole thing gave me a very austin powers kind of vibe like the perversion the fun um the comedy Honestly, yeah, I mean, because this is like a funner James Bond gentleman thief kind of thing, which I think is kind of a more refined version of what Austin Powers was going for. (laughs) You guys know what I thought of? What? I think this is the name of the Lindsay Lohan Disney Channel movie, Get a Clue. clue. That's what I thought of. (laughs) Get a clue. There's nothing you you can can do. do. (laughs) Lindsay Lohan can really play any role. This is the second time we've brought up Lindsay Lohan today. I know. First, the parent trap, because I'm Elaine Hendricks with uh, my boyfriend's pet turtles. <laughs> and then now this. Let's try to, you know what? Lindsay's trying to uh, try to get that anime award that Ariana Grande got last year. She really the wants it. The one that you tell. really are trying to give to Hillary Duff this year. I really want Hill to come through. I think Hillary Duff. You little cheater. Be You're like a rich person, like paying their children's way into a university. Yeah, you can't force it. She has to earn it, Casey. Not if you're Lori Laughlin. Well, no, I guess not. She went I to prison. If you're Lori Laughlin. Yeah, she's in I was like, prison. actually, I guess not. <laughs> Do you want to go to prison? Just now I'm holding a knife up right now. I'm threatening you. 
He's like, you can't record you know a what, podcast guys? from prison. Don't do this to us. <laughs> my my one call, put me on the phone so I can record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll replace you in a second, Casey. I know. You guys, Um, I wouldn't already. Oh, they've threatened to replace me many times. <laughs> I've already seen my other replacement, whose name is Cassie, right? Cassandra or Cass. Similar enough, guys. I mean, Casey I'm just, uh, between is the a lines. little insecure about our bonus episode that we did with Cassandra Clark. You should check it out. It's on gatekeeping. It's a fun listen. But obviously, Casey has now heard us do the podcast without him. And we did commission a cover with Cassandra, featuring Cassandra. So he was like, wow, there's even a cover with her on it. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I'm being bullied off the air. And I just want you guys to know that I love my fans. And... <laughs> I just need you guys to start a trend to save Casey from uh, this being kicked off this podcast. <laughs> Look, Skylar's also been off of the cover and art And I was before. dying, And Casey, we did episodes without her. Because I was dying. You know what? You guys what? just need to figure out how to do an episode without me, and then we'll all be Ethan. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do this. Guy, we have to figure out how to get one without PJ. Murder? I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> murder? Do you say Murder? <laughs> Oh my god. Back to the anime though. I just want to say, speaking of like me being like one of those rich people, I wish I was one of the on one of those sexy rich yachts that these like they were on in the beginning of oh, this. Now granted you all those people so you dead, die. I said, granted, they had to die. I don't want that for me. But I don't need to be rich enough where it's like I need an element of danger on my yacht. I just want to be like just to go on a nice, fun boat trip Wait, that doesn't have I snakes. I thought you in the and chair. PJ were like on the same page of not going on cruises because you don't trust it. Yeah, it's going to be like Titanic every single time. Yeah, can I or say ghost ship. one of my biggest fears is the open ocean because like that's it. If you fall in open ocean, there's no hope for you ever living again. Also, I've seen pictures of those rooms. That seems terrible. Also, I just realized this is a dumb thing to realize now late in the game. <laughs> but like there was there was a dentist on the boat. That's, That's pretty what I weird. I've had a whole conversation about this, Casey. I wish you would have jumped in then. I, I like I, I think I had an out of body experience. I was just thinking about the snake. I think I was pe- petrified thinking about the snake again. Well, I mean, um, like most um, most cruises have yeah, dentists. Is that what you're about to say? Like uh, Skylar like to identify center. her Laguna Hills nonsense. Do they have a medical center? Not a dentist. I don't know. I'm pretty sure people break their teeth eating too much on cruises. They probably have some contingency for it, PJ. Yeah, probably a doctor that has like, you know, training in something. Not a full on just dentist office on the first floor of your yacht. Skylar's like, um, at my high school, um, right after falconry, we actually went on. That- I was yacht. middle school and I wasn't allowed to be part of falconry. <laughs> hey, 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 Casey, Casey, she didn't have to wait for that because her grandparents had a yacht. She would just go on her grandparents' yacht. Casey, you went on that yacht. That's true, I did. God, I miss yacht. Only local, only local. Hey, Google, I can't do that crazy do cruise cruises stuff. cruises have a dentist? According to tips for travelers, cruise lines do not have dentists and dental facilities on board. There's not. <laughs> Oh, 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 thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. Thanks, Thanks, almighty Google Google gods. Well, shit. Wow. Oh, snap. (laughs) Man. I did want to add some final closing thoughts on the anime because I do want to, I like, I love this anime so much. I do want to talk about it more before we, uh, you know, just kind of devolve into nothingness. <laughs> it's our, our vibe. 
Well, I only say that because like I feel like, and I mean, I feel like our listeners probably agree, but like in Rama What Happened Saint Seiya, we kind of like went so off book that we barely talked about the anime. Oh God, yeah. But I feel like we talked about the important stuff. We talked about it there. But uh, I just, I love the main gang so much in this anime. Like Lupin is just so fun and he's like such a good thief and it's so interesting to see how his brain works. Fujiko, I love, I always love a female character who like, weaponizes her sexuality against people like because like she's sitting there like i know that these men are just gonna ogle me but i'm gonna use that to f them up and take their shit like i relate (laughs) (laughs) i and then you also have like jigen and goemon are also so such interesting additions because jigen is like this like grizzled sharpshooter and it almost makes like very little sense why he would be with them but i mean obviously we'll get to this with goemon but it's because they all trust lupin so much with their lives and also to get the money obviously but goemon is the most interesting one to me because he is like this uh goemon uh, if you don't know his full name is goshiman ishikawa the 13th because he is the 13th 13th generation descendant of the renegade samurai Ishikawa Goemon, you know, of Japanese, of famous Japanese lore. So, like, just like how Lupin the third, Lupin is the descendant of Arsene Lupin, Goemon is the descendant of Ishikawa Goemon, and, you know, who is like this famous samurai, and he is like this character that carries on the Bushido ideals and is like this like modern day samurai, yet he's with this gang of thieves. And in part one, he's like an antagonist for a little bit to Lupin until Lupin gains his trust. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. Like, I'll literally like join you and help you whenever you need it, basically. And it it just kind of I love that it's like this ragtag group because like they don't fit together almost at all. Like it's such different personalities, ideals and goals. But really what ties them together is they trust Lupin so much. Yeah, he's given them plenty to trust. Did you guys ever see Aladdin 3, Prince of Thieves? Uh, you mean the best sequel yeah. before uh, Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time came out? Yes, Casey. We saw Wow. I also watched that movie a lot of times. I feel like it was a similar vibe with Aladdin's uh, deadbeat dad and um, his gang before they turned on him. <laughs> his deadbeat zaddy. Deadbeat zaddy. <laughs> Man, oh his gosh. dad was hot. Comment below if you thought Aladdin's dad was hot. This is what I love about this podcast. I could just talk for five minutes about like what I love about the anime. And you guys will be like, wasn't Aladdin 3 good? This is, this is a fun dynamic we have here. The I really like the plans. Like when Fujiko comes in with the projector and everything in the second episode. Like, who thought of that? It's just, it's obviously the creators thought of that you know because that's their job but it's just so innovative it's just so fun and wacky and great i loved it i also just love their relationship with zenigata because it is so interesting that like lupin like loves him right like he's like he because even when he thinks that i got a dad at the end of the first episode he's like wow you really never know what you have until it's gone like i love the like because i mean honestly and this is something you don't really get in episode one and two but you kind of do. Lupin almost kind of doesn't even care about getting the money from the heist. He just loves the thrill. It's kind of like when we were watching... Um, Kakaguri. Kakaguri. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. Where she doesn't really care if she necessarily wins at the end of the day. So she usually does, just like Lupin usually does. They just care about like the fun they have while they're doing it. And even though like there's a lot of episodes, most episodes where like at the end, like the money gets away somehow or anything like that, like he still had fun doing it. And that's what mattered to him. Like 
He loves the planning and the execution. And he loves the chase. And that's why he loves Zenigata so much. And even like, there's other episodes where Zenigata thinks Lupin died. And he's almost kind of like depressed about it. He's definitely the epitome of that inspirational quote. That's like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey and the fun we have along the way. <laughs> exactly. That's so live, laugh, love of you, Skylar. Uh, would you guys wear a shirt with Aladdin's dad on it that says uh, deadbeat zaddy? Yes, okay. I would. Unrelated, I never mentioned this, but this is more of a seinen anime, which we've never really talked to you about seinen anime. Seinen, 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 seinen. <laughs> Stop bringing up maps. <laughs> God. You know, it's first it was it was super. It was that Seiya thing we watched last week, and then this, and yeah, it's a lot of maps. Because seinen is kind of like shonen, but for for older, like it's for young adult men, as opposed to like. Shonen, which is like for like young boys and teenagers. I'm a young oh adult gosh. man. I wonder if there's sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Emotionally, you get off that sometimes, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if like they experience. This is such a random like not to po- put out their like childhood trauma, but like <laughs> I wonder if like there's a and there's like bullying in like Japan based on like the anime you watch. Like, oh yeah, you're watching this type of anime. Well, that's for this age group. I'm watching seinen because it's for like more of like cooler adult men. You know what I mean? Maybe you should listen to our episode on gatekeeping and toxicity. But it's like, oh, watch! Wow, you watch Shonen? I only watch Gekiga. Hmm, Gekiga. What's that? Gekiga is like straight up attended for adults, but not hentai or anything like that. It's just like it's mature stories. It's usually almost like anime soap operas. Mm-hmm. And then like you know, just like how Shonen becomes seinen, shoujo I becomes love Jose. Jose. By the way, since we're talking about genres, real quick. My boyfriend said this thing to me, which made me laugh, and uh, you may have to cut this out <laughs> of the podcast, but he made me laugh because I was playing the Avengers game, and I was playing as Miss Marvel, and he said she has yaoi hands. <laughs> <laughs> do you even know what that means, Casey? Yes, I do. I do. I, had, okay. I, I did know what that means. I was shook that he made that reference. <laughs> no, I had... Uh, like uh hentai comic books or whatever i bought in japan and i offered you guys if you guys wanted one we did say we would take them yes yes cool see you guys hentai is the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> but again i mean obviously we're probably like three years out from this but if we're ever popular enough that we can start a patreon one of those patreon tiers will Black. be us having casey watch hentai i'm ready for that I'm going to have a glass of wine and enjoy myself. So if you want that, you know, spread the word about us, obviously. Comment below. But obviously, <laughs> as we talk about the future of this podcast, I think we have uh, come to a logical pause point for Loop on the Third. So I figured we're at a point where we could start talking about the music of this anime. So I wanted to talk about the opening and outro. That opening song is literally just called Theme from Lupin the Third, and it is by Yuji Ono. Tell me what you thought about it. Oh, I loved it. I I've heard it before. It's very popular. I like. I think I think I've seen it used in like other commercials or I don't know where I've heard it at before. Maybe like on game shows. Like is it Wheel of Fortune or something like that? Or like like <laughs> you know, there's like Wheel of Fortune, which of the Price is Right theme. Is that what you're thinking of? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Right? <laughs> is that it? Is I, it's similar. It's not it. It's literally just the theme song from Lupin the Third. But it's got that vibe for sure. Loved it, though. It's fantastic. I really loved it. It was very cool 70s vibes. Really into it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's super fun. I love it. It's very funky. It's very like, you know, it it's, you know, it gives you straight up like, this is going to be like a fun little thriller, you know, escapade anime. And it, it fits the theme. The closing song is Love Theme from Lupin the Third, is also by Yuji Ono. Why don't you get some of you thought about that? It's like nothing to write home about. Obviously, it's a very simple theme, but it does do what I like for when these high stake animes, like high action th- animes, where it does like that kind of come down, peaceful, like outro, mm-hmm. makes you like leave, like, okay, I can digest everything now. It's like your refractory period. So yeah. It's more of that like kind of noir, like reflection song. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I I agree. It gives you like that perfect like calm down, and it's also just very beautiful, which again I think is what fits that pacing. Absolutely. It reminded me of a very specific sound, so I'm very excited to talk about it later. Um, but it was beautiful. I loved it. I know Casey said it was a little underwhelming, but I was into it. I mean, it does it does its job, but you know, like eh. it does its job. Yeah, at least he doesn't dislike it. <laughs> All right, so it seems like Skylar has uh, an idea of what she would like to do for this section. So why don't we jump into my second favorite podcast segment. What modern or contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Casey, why don't you kick us off with that opening, which was theme from Lupin the Third. I, because of the, like, the jazz, like the horns and stuff like that, and like, and the, the sounds of the instruments that were used for this intro, I kind of wanted Lizzo to do a cover of it. Is that crazy? <gasps> Ooh. Very interesting. I would have never gone there, but I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Because she does, she does, uh, like her style of music, uh, like is uses like more traditional orchestra style, uh, instruments, you know. And so I thought that would be a really cool crossover for her. I love that. Yeah, uh, me Skylar, too. Who did you end up with? Put a little too much research in it, but it's because it gave me a very specific sound. There's a genre of music from the 70s, the 60s and the 70s, called um, The Sound of Philadelphia. And uh, basically, I went with the mother, father, sister, and brother, also known as MFSB. And it's basically a collection of um, over 30 Philadelphia musicians. And they're amazing. And there's just really specific sounds sound almost exactly like the intro it's great i love it i highly recommend like listening to it i love that that sounds like a hell of a fun time yeah fun that was cool skylar that was a fun fact this is gonna be kind of like an ass pull but it it has its reasoning so the person that i went with for the intro is and if anyone knows this artist they know exactly why i'm picking them but there's this hip-hop artist that is usually a lot slower, but he does have some more up-tempo songs, uh, and that is Lupe Fiasco. And Lupe Fiasco, I think it's everyone who knows Lupe Fiasco's work is probably like, you're only thinking that because Lupe Fiasco references Lupe in the Third in like every three songs, and you're not wrong. I was going to mm. say, wow, it's been a really long time since I've heard that name. Right. Lupe Fiasco loves Lupe in the Third. That's that's a fun fact right there. That I would agree. Um, I was not going to question <laughs> the. I was not going to question the Lupe Fiasco part of what you said, PJ. I was going to question that I have never heard the phrase "ass pull" <laughs> before. You've never heard the phrase like, "ass pull." I've never like this is going to sound like an ass. Yeah, pull. it's just because like, you know you're pulling something out of your ass. Oh, okay. So I've heard pulling something out. of I've never heard it phrased like that. I was like, yeah, you if if you're pulling something out of your ass, it's an ass pull. Oh, honey, I've been I've been doing ass pulls a whole bunch, honey. <laughs> Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, let's jump into that outro then. 
Skylar, you seemed like you had a very clear idea of who you wanted to go with for this, so I'll start with you. My mom, RIP, um, she really loved this movie called Summer of 42, and the main theme from that, produced and orchestrated by Michael Legrand, is such like the perfect vibe for that outro. And I'd also say the tagline for that movie is, in everyone's life, there's a summer of 42. That's simply not true. <laughs> like, in my life, there's a summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Honestly, the plot of the movie, like, I could see you really liking the summer of 42 because it's a, a young guy pining off a, a MILF, well, not a mom, <laughs> but like a cougar. But then her husband dies in the war, and then she shows him the ways of love, but then disappears the next day because she's yeah. mourning her dead husband. Yeah, that's the summer of 42. Oh, my God. We've <laughs> all been there. But I, I like that. I, I'm interested to check it out. Uh, and I, I love that connection. That's very beautiful. You know what's weird? Garth Brooks has a song called That Summer, which is a great song, if you guys know it. Kind of niche, but it's a, it was like his er- earliest hit. But it's about him like being a teenager and hooking up with an old lady. And I'm like, that seems like statutory rape. Ooh. Do you know that the summer of 69 is just a 69 joke? He was like three years old in 69. Yeah, he, he that crazy Brian Adams. Everything he does, he does it for us. The spirit soundtrack. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, God. Uh, Casey, why don't you tell me who you have for the outro? I didn't have anybody for the outro. And I'm not trying to sound lazy. I just mean like it didn't. I didn't think of anybody that was like, I don't know. It didn't nothing for me there. Like I felt something stronger for the intro. But nothing for the instrumental, so I could see that being like a little difficult. Uh, Not everyone had a weird jazz revelation as a child like me and Skylar did. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of jazz revelations, my person is uh, as a redemption arc from a few weeks ago, Miles Davis. Specifically, I think it's similar to like Blue and Green, right? Like that more romantic, and you know that song. Like he has John Coltrane on it. It's it has some jazz greats, and they're all just kind of bringing out their, like, fun love jams. And I think that fits this one much more than the one that Skylar, like, literally beat me up over. Who can remember that? I, I mean, seriously, only PJ can, because Skylar and I would never remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love all of that. I love all of the ideas we all came up with. I would be very unrelated. I would be super interested to hear Lizzo do a remake of the loop on the third opening especially because there is a version later on in the series that has full lyrics Ooh. i would love to hear her sing it i'm just trying to keep lizzo booked am i right come on lizzo you know what lizzo does booked not need help singing, but... booked and blessed so i think we're going to take a quick break to watch some additional clips give casey some additional context and we'll be right back after we watch that so stay tuned and we'll come back with our closing thoughts and closing segments Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here, thanking you as always for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode. We had a ton of fun recording it, and we've had a ton of fun doing Classics Month overall, and we hope you've had fun listening to it. But it has sadly come to an end here with Loop on the 3rd. April is coming soon, though, which means it's time for a new theme. Stay tuned to the end of this interlude to hear what we'll be tackling. 
With a new theme comes new bonus episodes and conversations, so keep up with all of it by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kawaii Desu Pod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Tune in next Monday as we kick off April with the aptly named Your Lie in April as we dive into Music Month. All of April, we will be exploring some of our, and your, favorite music anime. The lineup for the month will be Your Lie in April, followed by Nana, Moving to Utano Prince-sama, shout out to La 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 Forever for recommending it in their iTunes review, and finally closing out the month with K-On! We'll obviously have some bonus episodes thrown into the mix, so make sure you're subscribed to get all of that amazing content, but we're excited to bring you Music Month this April. Now, back to the podcast. Alright, we're back and we had Casey watch some additional videos, get some additional context, see some additional heists. And Casey, after all of that, what do you think of the anime? I thought it was a really fun anime, like I said, big oceans, movie vibes. It's fun. I, I found it to be very, very, very fun. I, I could definitely see myself watching more of this. Uh, Skylar, do you feel similarly as someone who's kind of seriously watching it for the first time? Yes, definitely. You made me really excited to watch the movie. Oh, yeah. I did the show them the trailer Fujiko for Lupin the Third, uh, the first, and the woman called Fujiko Mine. Which I would recommend you watch both of those two because the woman called Fujiko Mine is just such a different anime than this. It is very serious and sexy and dark. And like, there's a scene where they're like all doing drugs, and Fujiko also just has so much sex. And it's badass neo-noir and then like the movie is just like this awesome for update of the series and the art is so cool and the pr- well just watch it just watch it consume all loop on the third content yes absolutely awesome 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 well you saw quite a f- you saw quite a lot of each of the characters tell me did you end up with a favorite character throughout everything mine definitely uh was bujiko she's cool confident and just like a badass and like like you said owns owns her sexuality uh fully and i think that's super fun as a character obviously i'm drawn to a lot of the female characters but she is unique yeah no she is super awesome and i, I figured you would uh, that badass femme fatale would be your favorite character <laughs> yeah uh what about you skylar uh, definitely the inspector. Inspector Zanagata? Yes. Inspector Zanagata is so cool, and I love it. He's such a goofball, but he's also, like, so awesome. And honestly, the live action series uh, they did with Wow Wow and Hulu wow, wow. is apparently super good. And it's, you know, it's only done in 2017, so it is very well done, like, high production value. I haven't watched any of it, but I've heard good things. Uh, I think at the end of the day, my favorite character, it's really hard because I love this gang so much. Kind of where I fall, I'm literally right between you guys, where I think it's a tie between Fujiko and Zenigata, because I just, I love Zenigata so much. He's such a phenomenal foil, one of the best foils in anime, at least, you know, very, because uh, I love that he's not a villain or an antagonist, he's a foil, and I love a good foil in a story. He's just trying to do his job. He's just trying to do his job. At the end of the day, our main characters are the bad guys. But yeah. they're fun and you love them. Yeah, like us. But then just Fujiko is just so cool yeah. and badass. And I love a super sick femme fatale. It's hard, but it's, it's, it's a tie. So I think between the three of us, it is just Fujiko and Zenigata are the, are the tops. Yeah. Oh, ooh, honey, you want to talk about the tops, honey? <laughs> uh, I think they both are tops. Okay. <laughs> I think they're all tops. 
Uh, did anyone else think of Digimon anytime PJ says Goemon? I Offensive. did think about that slightly, but I was I like, is that, I wasn't sure. I'm like, is that it? it? Goemon, one of the most famous rogue samurais in Japanese history. And you're over here being like, oh, is that Agumon? Is he a bondage creature in his <laughs> final form? Oh, God. Uh, Pokemon Goemon. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Togemon was in this. That would have, that's the only, like, this is already good, but that's the only way it could get better if Togemon was the fifth <laughs> member of this squad. Well, if it's good. But it could have gotten better, then maybe there's a chance that we might not know your answer, <gasps> though I think we do. Casey, we're at that time. Do you think you would continue watching this anime? I would continue watching it. I definitely, not a kawaii disappointment. It's a kawaii success story or whatever the version of that's going to be. Sex. We'll work on it. <laughs> success story? It's, oh, ooh, it's um no yeah it's fun it's i feel like especially now being older like with older pair of eyes um because hashtag old um but like watching it now i think it's much more enjoyable and like the maturity level is i feel like it's a little more there for like said the adults an older audience i love that completely i completely agree it is again you know you know slightly aged up it isn't a shonen it is a seinen and i'm excited that you kind of feel that Mm -hmm. and i just like that you want to keep watching it it's super fun i know even when i showed it to skylar literally as soon as we finished episode one and two she's like i'm gonna keep watching this but with all of that uh we love that you're gonna keep watching it but i think there's something else we want to talk about it's time for america's favorite podcast segment is there an amv for that amv anime music videos Casey, you know the rules. Give me a song and artist and we'll see if they match up. I know this doesn't exist. (laughs) I know I'm supposed to try to go for something that I think exists, but it's more of like what I want. (laughs) So what I want there to be is an AMV to Lana Del Rey's Diet Mountain Dew (laughs) to this anime. (laughs) Why? That doesn't even make sense even if you wanted it. Okay, well, okay. Here's why I thought that. First of all, I thought Lana Del Rey would do a really fun, like, Oceans-style, like, song. Kind of like a spy thriller, like a James Bond thing. Wait, Casey, then why didn't you go with her literal spy song that she did with Ariana Grande and then someone else for the new Charlie's Angels movie? Oh, the Don't Call Me Angel? That would mean Miley Cyrus? (laughs) I was going to say, I think it's Miley Cyrus, but I wasn't sure. And on Hannah Montana's 15th anniversary? I'm just kidding. (laughs) um no yeah no i i couldn't think of what lana song but i was like well if i already don't think they're gonna have the song i want like i was thinking maybe like diamond do or maybe carmen like she's got like a she would be the right artist to do the song for it but i couldn't figure out which one like she that would do it i don't know she has like um she has one called serial killer but i don't know if that would be good either (laughs) like so i mean casey unfortunately uh and understandably there's no version of Diet Man and Jew with Loop on the third. Of all the Lana Del Rey songs you could have picked, I don't think that was the one to go with. But there is a Lana Del Rey Loop on the third AMV, uh, and that is to the song Serial Killer. Oh my God. I literally was like, <laughs> what's the most serious, like, sounding one that they might put with this? And then I was like, nah, they probably won't have anything. I'll just go with whatever I want. I should have gone with that. Yeah, you should have. But technically, that's two points of the book because you got the artist with the anime. Uh, Skylar, I would love to see if you... No, you you really haven't fully watched this anime. I will fully let you compete in this. It's an imaginary contest. You can play. Okay, this one straight up does not exist. 
But All right. Well, both of you are the worst. Can I just say that? <laughs> but it's the only thing I can think of. I would say Lupin the Third, but to the Austin Powers theme song. And also, let us know what the name of that is out of just pure curiosity. If it doesn't exist, I'll make it exist. I will say, I, I'm actually surprised there is no Lupin the Third Austin Powers mashup. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Gosh, I uh, that is unfortunate, but that is going to be no points for Skylar. And we'll see where we land with our final section. It's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. Is there an AMV to Lupin the Third to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't think so. Maybe the... Maybe the Fujiko show. Well, I was going to say, there's not even one for Fujiko Mine, which I was a little surprised on that. But I was not surprised that there is no loop on the third Bring Me to Life. This is a fun heist anime, and I just, no. I mean, if there's no Evanescence anime, I mean, AMV for it, is it really an anime? That's the real question. We're starting to find out, because remember I said anything that came out before 2005 has it, but maybe it's anything between like 85 in 2005 maybe Hmm. it's only like a 20 year gap it's maybe Hmm. a little too early maybe this will become the new debate like you know how there i was like is avatar an anime uh is lupin the third an anime because there's no evanescence a and b i mean truly love it well i mean with that in the book i mean we didn't get super high scores but we do have at least two points in the book this week and inspiration for later and inspiration for more that is where we are going to have to call it this week. We hope you guys had a fun time, a heisty time, Feisty planning time, time, a fighty time, you know, a sexy femme fatale time. But that is all we have for you guys. Until next week, we hope your wait until our next episode isn't a kawaii disappointment. But I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. And I've been a sexy, sexy cat burglar. Casey, goodbye. Meow. 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 <laughs> Me, Bye. Yowza. Bye.